What's up, gamers? Welcome to the Elite Gaming Gear Podcast. This is Lathan. And this is Ants. And we're going to be bringing you a little bit of news on stuff going on in the gaming world, as well as a little bit of commentary on some things we've been working on, and some super cool promotions, like the Elite Gaming Gear Podcast Giveaway. Do you remember the podcast giveaway, bro? Not really. No. Okay, so in Episode 3... Towards the end of episode three, we talked about some graphic tees that are being produced for the Central City Comic Con here in Yakima, Washington, and I think we decided we're going to give one of those things away here on the podcast, right? We did. We did. Ah, aren't you glad that I remember these things, because clearly you do not. So, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we need to figure out a way for them to be able to enter to win, yeah? Yeah. Facebook sound easy? Yeah, it does. Where can these people find us on Facebook? Lead Gaming Gear at Facebook? I think it's facebook.com slash Elite Gaming Gear. Who, who types it into the URL? Be honest. I, I don't think anybody. But that's the easiest way to find it. So, facebook.com slash Elite Gaming Gear. Or you could just search for Elite Gaming Gear. Yeah, that's also valid. You could do that. Shoot you know, us a like every there. normal person would? Not everybody's normal. I take pride in my lack of normalcy. Everyone's going to do it the easy way. All right. Well, however you find us on Facebook, find us on Facebook, send us a message, comment in one of the uh, posts on our Facebook page, and we will enter you to win one of the custom graphic t-shirts from Elite Gaming Gear. Uh, Be sure to mention your size uh, in your message so that way we know what to send you. Now that we've got the prize bits out of the way, let's get into a little bit of what's going on in the gaming world. So we've got new games for Xbox Live Gold, and you were telling me that this one is super exciting. Oh, for me it is. Well, for you... It's for Xbox One. It was um, Tomb Raider Remastered. Tomb Raider Remastered. I think I played that on the 360, yeah? It was the... Uh, reboot, I want to say. And how was it? Uh, I loved it. Really? I never... A lot of... I loved it. I, got, I only got through halfway through the game, though. I never finished it. I never figured you for a Tomb Raider player, really. I don't like the old ones. I like the new one. I guess that's valid. Uh, a little more emphasis on realism and a little less emphasis on uh, character modeling. All yes. I know is the combat was actually kind of hard. How difficult was it? Well, if you did something wrong, the... Uh, yeah. I'm going to assume that uh, yeah means you died. Pretty much. <laughs> well, so, I had it set on the hardest difficulty, too. But, hey, when hard is actually hard... They're not lying. <laughs> so have you seen it on the Xbox One? No. I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. All right. We're going to have to check that out and let people know how that is. Uh, because I'm assuming that there's an update on the graphics, yeah? Oh, there's definitely. There. It's remastered. Of course there's going to be. Well, they say remastered, but sometimes remastering is less impressive than you would think. Well, Although i got to say that the Halo Remastered Collection was pretty stinking awesome. Master Chief Collection? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Exactly. Well, the Halo Anniversary Collection and the Master Chief Collection, actually, both were, were awesome. Yeah. Have you played both of those? Mm, yeah. Okay. Now, Master Chief Collection, I'm still... Ugh. Achievement hunting in. What was that? I'm drinking a Pepsi, and it came back. Was it as good the second time? No. <laughs> so wrong it burned it burned (laughs) now 
That's pretty cool for the Xbox uh, folks, but what about PlayStation 4? I don't keep up with that. Oh, I don't own a PlayStation 4. Well, aren't you glad that I do? Because, now, hey, wait a minute. Because even though you don't own one, you're telling me about games that I already own. So we're talking about, uh, what was it? Uh, help me out here. I watch Let's Plays produced by other people. That's how I find out how the games are. Well, no, I'm talking about the game that you were talking about earlier for the PlayStation 4. Until Dawn? Until Dawn. So I'm thinking that Until Dawn is going to be this epic game. I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. And you basically like watched somebody else play through the whole thing. Yep. That's a little disappointing. That's like watching the end of a movie first. I never thought I'd ever play it. Ah. I watched it like a month ago. You are not allowed to tell me how it goes. I know, I know. But can you comment on the story? It was a lot different than I was expecting. Better? Interesting. You see, interesting in Anthony terms, for those of you who don't speak Ansish, um, is actually really, really good. He doesn't compliment anything ever. I was astounded to hear him complimenting Tomb Raider, of all things. Uh, so, interesting means... Well, I've played some at. of the old ones, and i got to say, the new one is way better. All right, so back to Until Dawn. Did you feel like Until Dawn uh, was a game that... Is it like a survival horror game, or is it more like a choose-your-own-adventure type of thing? Yeah, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. As far as those... So it's more like, like a Telltale game, for example. No, you have more control over it than that. Okay, then, but it, did it look immersive? Did it look like something that you could get into? Maybe. Maybe. You are surrounded in vagary, my friend. So let's say... Well, it's one that focuses a lot on what's going on, but it just takes forever. So it's kind of drawn out? Well, the interesting stuff doesn't start happening until, like, near the end of the game. So it's kind of the payoff for sticking with it through the whole thing. Pretty much. And then you get to decide what ha or how it ends based on decisions you make in the very beginning. Well, I guess that's valid. Can you change those decisions towards the end? No. <laughs> There's only one save file, I think. <laughs> you can only save it once? Uh, you have one save file per... So if you overwrite it... You then... can't, I don't think you can overwrite it. And if you do, you restart the entire thing. Oh, that so would... once you make a decision, you're stuck with that decision for the rest of this playthrough. <laughs> well, in a way, that's cool because it prevents you from going back and like, oh, well, well, wait a minute, that was, oops. And you actually just have to play it through to the end to kind of see how it goes. Yeah. Well, in a way, I, I kind of like when games take that creative, uh, a creative stance and they say, no, 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 no. You have to be accountable for the actions that you put forth in the game. And I think for, for a lot of it, uh, the Mass Effect series uh, tried to do that. They did do that very well in 2. But 3, I was just not enamored with it all. With the extended cutscene, it made it up for me. I remember you telling me that the extended cutscene made it worth it, but I, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from it. It was a free cutscene thing. They should have included that in the game before and not made it a download this to get the full experience. I think the only reason they did the download this to get the full experience is because of the number of complaints that had taken place previously. I don't remember. It was a while ago. Now, let me tell All you I know something. is I still like it. A lot. Back to the PlayStation 4. Uh, the Order. I had a chance to play uh, into The Order a little bit. Now, that one's been out for a little while now. Uh, but wow, I was I was just blown away by the level of detail and the characters and the scenery and the equipment. Um, 
was I did the, not think was it the was... story as disappointing as people say or were saying it was. Not for me. For me, I was I was into it a hundred percent. What about the gameplay? People said that that was kind of bad. And the gameplay is kind of wonky, but again, it's it's kind of semi sort of along those choose your own adventure sort of things. But you got to understand that I really sunk my teeth into the first games to start that concept way back in uh, the original Xbox days uh, with uh, Indigo Prophecy. Indigo Prophecy, by far, is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it was on the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox, and regardless of the console it was on, it was just phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. It had this bizarre story full of twists and turns. It starts off in the most weird and unexpected way compared to video games of its time. I mean, nowadays there have been a lot of things that have copied it and a lot of things that have tried to like glean things from it. But for me, Indigo Prophecy is one of those things that if you're if you're a fan of the sort of choose-your-own-adventure type of stuff, you've got to have that one in your collection. I, I would definitely recommend, uh, even though it's an older game, that people go back and check that one out. I mean, are there games in, in your experience that you feel are worth checking out for people? I mean, they're even though they're older, they've garnered that much respect in your eyes? Not very many. Well, not very many, but there's got to be at least one. My favorite game of all time will still remain the Darkness series. I'm, I re- Which, that no one was really into at the time, when it was new. It's more of a... I've heard of it, but I've, I've never actually played it before, for most people. So, what you're saying is it's kind of an afterthought. Well, with a game title of The Darkness, it sounds kind of cheesy at first. Uh-huh. But the more you play into it, the more it reveals why it's named that. You are just absolutely set on that game, but what about ones older than that? I mean, are there any games... Well, I guess, though, for you, I mean, that was no. really kind of towards the beginning of your, your gaming experience. The stuff older than that, I just couldn't get into. Just didn't have anything that just really latched onto you? No, I couldn't get into any of it. I tried, but it just it didn't it didn't work. So you're really big into the 3ds. What's going on in the in the handheld world? We ex- covered that last week, didn't we? Well, we covered some stuff at the time, but is there anything new coming out? I know that you talked no, about. The, uh, from what I've world. heard, the 3ds's are starting to phase out. Does Nintendo have a replacement console in in mind? Is that the new 3ds about? that you got, but they only have like one game out for it right now. I absolutely love the new 3DS, by the way. I think the only game they have for it is the Xenoblade Chronicles. And nobody really plays it all that much here. Let me tell you something. I know for you, you don't really use the 3D function very much. But for me, having that face tracking for the 3D made the difference in the console for me. I went from playing it sometimes to to significantly more frequently um, after I had that face tracking to where I didn't have to sit like a statue with my face in one place at all times. What about yeah. Steam? Anything good on Steam? I haven't checked it. You know what I liked on Steam? Uh, and and I, I think this game's like, what, six bucks? Killing Floor. Still? They're, they're still charging people for that game? I think they are. The game's really old. It's pretty fun, but it's still old. No, I heard that Killing Floor 2 is on its way out. It, it's been out for a while. I've been wanting to play it. Has it? When did it come out? Uh, a while ago. That is definitely something we need to look into. Now, is it just for PC, or is it on any other platform? I'm pretty sure it's just for PC. 
Because I know that the Ouya, and for those of you who don't know what the Ouya is or was... I don't blame you for not knowing. <laughs> it was the kind of thing a... was an abomination from the start. <laughs> Failed um, Android micro console... But you know what? Even though the console itself failed, I gotta tell you, they kind of pioneered the whole uh, Android micro console craze that followed, and a lot of the uh, stick-based products like the Fire Stick and the uh, Google Chromecast and a lot of things like that, that the bigger companies really didn't feel um, had the potential to be as viable as they were prior to the success of uh, the Ouya. You mean the lack of success? <laughs> Well, the success of the Ouya Kickstarter, is that fair? Okay, that's more fair. <laughs> the Ouya itself, that thing sucked. And you gotta hand it to them, too. I mean, their controller had a built-in touchpad. It had fantastic compatibility. And it was features. a combination of Xbox One and PS4. It that, was. That's what I, I like that, actually. It was a weird amalgamation of the two, and I thought I thought that the control experience and interface was pretty cool. I also like the idea of an open-source console. So, I mean, do you feel that uh, Android consoles kind of have a place in the gaming world? Maybe. I know for a fact that, uh, let's see, is it Shadowgun? I think Shadowgun was one of the... I think you were trying to get me to play that. I, I, I loved it. It's a little bit older now, but that was fantastic. And then... Uh, Dead Trigger, the freemium game Dead Trigger. As long oh, as you I, didn't, oh, that just... <laughs> it it was good as long as you didn't get wrapped into. It was okay. Well, hey, considering that it was on a mobile device, I would say a little better than okay. Uh, I'll still say it was okay. I was not the biggest fan of it. Um, for me, the biggest problem... Well, I was thinking more line lines of Dead Trigger 2 where they actually had bigger boss battles and things like that. Yeah. But again, getting roped into that freemium concept is just too much for me. I... Freemium gaming should be abolished and destroyed. It does not deserve a place in the gaming world, in my opinion. Well, I kind of wonder how many listeners actually play freemium games, though. Technically, Warframe is, pre is freemium. Warframe is a triple-A freemium, and we did that Let's Play on it. Uh, it was fun. I'm probably going to play it again when I get bored. Oh, absolutely, definitely. So, uh, for you listeners... Well, mostly familiar, because it was a third-person shooter. I love playing third-person shooters. You see, and I've never liked third-person shooters, but I did like Warframe. So, for those of you listeners who are not familiar with Warframe, it is on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One consoles, and it is a triple-A freemium title. Um, I am sticking the label AAA on it because the fit and finish and graphics, the story, uh, the, uh, what is that, uh, little section there that's got all the data cards on it? I mean, the canon, the, the information on it and the backstory on it is, is actually pretty impressive for a game that's essentially free to play. Now, some of the things that you can buy on the game, not so cheap. And the wait times for upgrading equipment. Oh, don't weapons. even get me started on those stupid wait times. <laughs> Wasn't there like uh, one piece of equipment that took you three days to make? That like, was uh, my second frame to actually... Basically, my second character. And that was three days of real time, not three days of game time. That's yep. like 72 hours. 72 full hours where you could do nothing but check and just sigh in sadness as you look at the timer slowly tick away. <laughs> that would be enough to drive hey, at me least absolutely insane. The guns take 12 hours. And you, the only way to get new guns is to either buy them with platinum, which is basically you're just exchanging real money for it, 
So it's basically the in-game currency that you're buying. With real currency. With real currency. So or you can just slowly gain credits and materials to build it. Now, it did have that feature. And so then I... you had to buy the blueprint, which costed probably about how much of time? Oh, man, a long time. Probably like an hour or two. Easily. And then to start up an extra... Ugh. All right. Start up an extra 10 or 12 hours. Dinner. It's not sitting right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think next time there needs to be like a warning like swimming. You must wait 20 minutes before podcasting after eating a meal. Uh, it was that pizza. Do not blaspheme against the pizza. The pizza was delicious. It was. It's just not sitting right. Although it probably wasn't as delicious the second time. So I wonder, does like indigestion interfere with your gameplay? Nope. Like, must not puke while PvP? No, if I have to, and I know I have to, I'll just throw the controller down and run to the nearest toilet. (laughs) And pray that you manage to contain yourself before you get there. Pretty much. That's all you can do. (laughs) Is that is that like a devout like Christian or Catholic teaching? Thou thou shalt not puke on thy console. No, I just don't want to have to clean it up. <laughs> I don't think you'd be able to. I think if you like, yeah. Okay, this conversation is taking a horribly disgusting turn. Let's shift back to video games, shall we? And while we're on the topic of video games, because that's really all we're ever on the topic of. I wanted to take an opportunity. <laughs> I have to I have to be distracted for a second. Do you see the really big spike in the audio? Yeah. My mic picked up my knuckle cracking. Do it again. I can't. I just did it. Oh, sad day. Yeah, mine like almost dislocated. <laughs> yeah, probably... That hurt. <laughs> it comes from so much video game playing that your thumbs no longer sit correctly in your hand. They just sort of flop against your palms. That's probably not a good thing. So, while you're sitting there trying not to have your arm fall off, I wanted to take a second to talk about the Games M155 monitor. Because we just got our shipment into those today. Uh, We're going to have a bunch of them available uh, in-store. We're going to have a bunch of them available online and at Comic-Con. So, for those of you who show up to the Central City Comic-Con, we'll have some of these there for you to check out and to purchase, if you would like. And this thing is awesome. So, Ants... You travel around a bit. You take your console uh, to friends' houses. You take your console when you go to visit other schools. You take your console with you uh, when you're going up and doing uh, stuff at, uh, where is it, up here in town, when you're working on the radio and things like that. So do you find that every once in a while it's kind of hard to find a place to plug in and, and run your console? I guess. I don't really take it all that much. Well, all that much anymore, but how much of that is because you don't have anywhere to play it? Not really. Well, for me, at least for me, uh, whenever I go out of town, uh, I make sure to take my Vanguard with me. So for those of you who do not know, uh, the Vanguard is produced by a company called Games, G-A-E-M-S, and it is this awesome armored carrying case for video game consoles that has a built-in monitor. Now, there's two models that come in the case. There's the Sentry and the Vanguard. Uh, The Vanguard, the one that I have, is the bigger of the two, and and it's just beautiful. Full 1080p. 
just absolutely awesome. So we are now distributors for games. Uh, so we're going to be carrying their monitors, and they sent us some of these M155 uh, portable gaming monitors that are basically like a 15-inch tablet that you can... I mean, they've got like a, a cover that you can snap onto them and take them with you anywhere to go. So I'm going to crack this one open, and let's take a look. So right at the top, there's this awesome cover that kind of looks like the cover that would go on an iPad. Uh, I believe it snaps onto the side super durable, it's rigid, so it feels like it could take having things tossed against it without causing too much damage to the screen. Okay, that's bad. Check that out, that thing's huge. And I think that this case huh. actually doubles as the stand for the monitor. Well, if the box is to be believed, if the box is to be believed, then yeah, I can't talk today. That's alright, that's alright. Let your microphone do the talking. Microphones can't talk. Exactly. Considering that half of your commentary today has been indigestion. It's not. It's like an eighth. Like an eighth? Just an eighth? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jim, I'm afraid your numbers didn't come in. It looks like one eighth of your sales were indigestion. All right. So we've got the monitor here. I'm gonna go ahead and slide it out of the protective sleeve. And this thing is ridiculously light. Like insane how light this thing is. I'm thinking like maybe a full can of pop, maybe a little bit more. It's just very, very, very light. And at the same time, I mean, dude, check out the check out the viewing space on this thing. Wow. It's like a, it's, it's about almost, the same size as the monitor I use at home. Exactly. It's like, almost like an ultra wide screen. This is absolutely incredible. Mm. So I'm very impressed well, with I this. Well, I use like a 21 maybe less I think it's like a 17, maybe 18-inch HD TV. 17, 18-inch? Yeah. Well, this I one have here, it just sitting up on my desk, and that's what I use. Well, this one here is 15-inch, but even so, um, that's about that's less than the size of a laptop, I would say. It's it's not nearly as as tall as a laptop would be. Uh, oh, check this out. So It's a bit bigger. Uh, lengthwise, but not this way. And check it yeah. out here on the side. We've got HDMI port. We've got a headphone jack. And the power supply. Oh, ants. The power supply is ran by micro USB. That makes things easier. That makes life infinitely easier. That means you're always going to have a power plug. Unless you have an iPhone. <laughs> Unless you... Well, Which have... <laughs> sucks to be you. <laughs> well, even if you have an iPhone, I mean, how many people have other peripherals that run on micro USB? Either they're Bluetooth when, headset. When you have or, an iPhone, most people usually get the matching eye stuff. This, so there's like an eye earbud? That wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Well, for those Well, of you, the eye pencil. I don't want to talk about the eye pencil. That is the most horrifically named product on the face of the earth. <laughs> Do you remember when Steve Jobs was alive, he said he will never make a stylus? <laughs> like, oh, now that can... Steve's dead, we can finally get around to making that stylus. That's Knowing horrible. those people, probably. It's like it's like some person in some back room somewhere was just waiting. They're like, someday, someday my stylus <laughs> will see the light of day. Yeah, do you know how much they're charging to to buy one of those? How much? hundred bucks. A hundred bucks for a stylus. Yeah, where you could just go to like Walmart or someplace and get one for like three bucks. Yeah, I, I'm, I will not be buying an eye stylus. 
ever. I don't blame you there. That, that is, that's insane. I don't know, well, I mean, I guess, maybe if you're like a professional artist, because I've seen that it can do some pretty cool stuff. Well, the new iPad they're releasing can run uh, Photoshop, CC, uh, Final Cut, and all that stuff. Oh, that's the iPad Pro, correct? Yeah. So here's a question for you, because this would actually be relevant. Can the iPad Pro play any decent games? I don't know. It's basically a full-on Mac computer. So no. <laughs> Sorry, the compatibility on the Macs has never been something fantastic. And honestly, I mean, how many epic App Store games have you found for the Mac OS? Mm, few. Which ones? What were they? I don't remember the names. Clearly, they were not that memorable. I wonder. I think the only one that I managed to play nope. that was that was any good. And okay, I think it's called Starbase Orion, which is like a almost a blatant ripoff of uh, Masters of Orion, which we talked about in episode two. I think it was a turn-based four uh, X uh, develop, explore, conquer and manage type of game for space exploration, uh, which was super, super awesome. And admittedly, I liked it. I liked it on the Apple on the Apple operating system, the iOS. Uh, outside of that, it seems like just a ton of freemium and casual games, which I don't know that Elite Gaming Gear is a massive supporter of casual games. I'm not. Personally, uh, I'm not. I think I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, say that we're probably not huge fans of casual games. Although I will confess that at one point in time I did catch the Candy Crush bug. I'm not really proud of that. But I but I will confess to having played Candy Crush at least up until level 71. At which point I regained consciousness and uh, disobeyed my zombie overlord masters. Uh, and put the game down and uninstalled it. Because that's about what it takes. It takes almost this, this immense amount of willpower. Because you're sitting there looking at it like, I'll never play that again. I think the only freemium game I actually play is Pokemon Shuffle. But then again, I don't play it much at all. You were telling us about Pokemon Shuffle last time. I mean, it used to be a full 3DS title. Right, you had said that, and then you said that it was kind of like uh, kinda like Candy Crush with Pokemon, basically. No, it's it's a different one. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you that I have been getting a little bit more time, and we'll go back to portables for a second, with the PlayStation Vita and the remote play function for the PlayStation 4. So for any of you listeners who might have a PlayStation Vita laying around and have gotten around to getting a PlayStation 4 but have not tried the remote play function, it is completely and totally worth it. I can't tell you how many times that I've been in another room and it's like, man, I'm kind of tired and maybe I'll sit down or lay down and, ah, maybe a few more minutes of gaming. Yeah, you've got your portable games there, I guess, but being able to link up to your PS4 completely, ah, I like it. I think it's fantastic. The one thing that that I have to say, though, is I kind of like the uh, Windows 10 remote play system a little bit better. I like being able to play on a bigger screen, depending on the laptop or tablet that I have that has the Windows operating system. Have you tried uh, the remote play on... Uh... Oh, you don't have anything with OS 10, do you? No. i got to tell you, you know, OS 10 isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, uh, but I do still have a computer that runs Windows 7, and it will always and forever run Windows 7. Uh, there are just too many of my old school games that would not be compatible uh, with Windows 10 just because they're, they, they no longer support them, there are no longer updates to them, and I don't feel like having to download a bunch of compatibility patches and hacks and things like that to get into it. It'd just be a pain in the butt. 
It would. It would immensely. Uh, now, on the topic of PC gaming, uh, what do you think of uh, Alienware's Alpha console? Have you had a chance to take a look at that? No, I haven't checked that out. So we're actually going to be picking one up uh, for Elite Gaming Gear to, to look at. Uh, wonderful, wonderful people over at Dell that we've been talking to. Uh, so we're going to get an opportunity to check that out. Uh, and i got to tell you, I'm kind of excited about the concept of a dedicated Steam machine. Um, it's small. It's powerful. I think it's uh, the one that we're going to be looking at is a Core i5 processor uh, with... 8 gigs of RAM? I could be wrong. I'll have to double check. Uh, compatible with Microsoft brand controllers, so you can use the Xbox One controller on it, which, again, I like. Um, so I'm very kind of curious to see how games play on that and how I feel about playing on uh, a console-sized computer. Because as you know, my computer's huge, gigantic gaming tower that I can pack as much power as I have room for. So playing on a smaller form factor is going to be a little weird. I mean... What's your take on it? I'm not entirely sure about that. You haven't been doing a lot of PC gaming lately. No. What was the last one you played? Do you remember? StarCraft 2. I used to play Diablo 3 a lot, but I never got the Reaper of Souls DLC. So, so I, I never continued it. Is Diablo 3 still going? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's about to die. Oh, uh, really? You're just not hearing a lot about it or what? I have heard nothing about it. That's usually not a good sign for, for a game like that. Right. But at the same time, well, you can't really say that because games like StarCraft and games like Diablo kind of exist outside <laughs> the of the The Blizzard world. games, they... they <laughs> yeah, just wait ten years for the next one. And it just keeps going. And, and going, going. And going. And going. You're but exactly you still right. find joy in playing those games. This is true. Like, honestly, StarCraft, I, I, I'll, I'll always like it. One or two, I it doesn't matter. Which one did you like better between the two? Uh, I like two better. Two better? Really? More variation with the units. More thought put into what should I or what sh, uh, should my army be composed of? You know, and I felt that with with the original, it took so it took more strategy. Okay, so there's more of a strategy component. Yeah. So there were things, there were more counterbalances to things. But you know, at the same time, um, and I, I grew up with the whole original StarCraft boom. So for me, it was, there was always uh, this challenge to find a new way around things. Because the first thing that anyone would ever build uh, is they'd automatically go to Protoss and just mass build carriers. And they'd kind of wipe the entire map clean. Uh, but there are ways around that. And, and for me, I, I fell in love with the challenge of being able to find ways around these like overwhelming strategies. Why well, I, I don't know that mass spawning one unit is necessarily a strategy, but... Uh, you can say nothing about that. <laughs> why do you say that? You used to build an army of nothing but Zerglings. <laughs> my Zergling army! That, yeah, I had a combination of Zealots, whatever the ranged ones were. They changed. StarCraft II, they became Stalkers. Oh, they were Dragoons in the first one. Yeah, they got twice the fire rate, but half the damage. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. They were way more effective, though. And yet, those little Zerglings just covered the map like a disease. Archons. Yeah, I they, always had a few Archons in. Yeah, the Archons, but the Archons... They were meant to be powerful, though. Uh, the Defilers kind of took away their usefulness, though. 
Mm, not really. There hasn't been a really good strategy game out in a while now that I come to think of it. RTS games are not as not as common as they used to be. I wonder if it's like a cyclical thing, like uh, just it's not what's in right now. But give it like two or three more years, then suddenly everybody's going to back, be back into the RTS scene. Yeah. Is that something that you see happening at least in the games that you play? I no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no. I don't even know why I would ask you. I think the only thing you play anymore is Destiny. Hmm. Well, when does Star Wars Battlefront come out? Or is that already out? I really want to play that. I believe that it is on its way. I don't believe it's out yet. Let me check. Well, because I know for a fact that the uh, Star Wars PS4 that we're getting is coming out in October. So I assume that that would be launched with the Battlefront title, uh, Battlefront title as well. That would be my best guess. And when it does come out, I mean, is that going to be something that actually pulls you away from Destiny? Star Wars Battlefront Beta is coming October 8th. October 8th. For beta. That's for beta. So it's got a, it's got a while to come out yet. Next month. Unless they just release it to the masses immediately after dropping the beta. Because, you know, everybody loves to do consumer product testing, which I think is unjust. But that's just me. Anytime that you've got to have, like, this massive failure rate of consoles before you find problems. Although, you know what, though? I'm, I'm, I'm still bitter about the Xbox 360 debacle when that first launched. I haven't seen that with the Xbox Ones or the PlayStation 4s, have you? Mm. I mean, have you heard of a broken PS4 or Xbox One? Not very, not very much, but... I, I, can, I can honestly say I don't think I've heard of anybody actually saying that they have one that's damaged or broken. So, listeners, if you have a damaged or broken Xbox One or PS4... Find us on Facebook and let us know about it. Tell us what happened and what Microsoft or Sony did to fix it. Uh, because that's something I'm very curious about. I know that the first time Microsoft had to be drugged to court kicking and screaming uh, to you know, make up for that red ring of death horrific monstrosity error. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was horrible. I think I went through four consoles during that time. Uh, it was a dark, dark day. And still Sony came out of it. Or, oh, oh, Microsoft. Microsoft Sony. Shame on me. <laughs> I have all of the Microsoft fanboys jumping down my throat for that one. But still, they were able to come back from it. And... You should know the difference. <laughs> Your primary console is Xbox. For now, but i got to tell you, I had a chance to look at some of the stuff on the PS4 uh, that I also play on the One, and... And I'm almost afraid to say this on air, because then there will be a recording of me saying it, and then people will hold it against me, and at some point in the future, when there's this massive update, and all of a sudden everything on the Xbox three, uh, our Xbox One looks great, like, oh, this is the most beautiful console in the world, and they'll say, well, actually, in the Elite Gaming Gear Podcast Episode 4, you said, um, hopefully that never happens. Hopefully I never have to worry about that. But uh, I, I've got to say that the titles that I've played that are multi-platform, for Xbox One and PS4 do actually look better on the PS4. Uh, do I like the interface on the Xbox One better? Absolutely. I love the interface on the Xbox One. I love being able to snap things in. So if I'm just sitting there... Yeah, you usually, away, whenever we play any game, you have Funimation playing on the side. <laughs> Funimation is awesome. Uh, but being able to snap something like Funimation or Netflix or Pandora... Uh, while you're drilling away at quests or while you're doing a grind in an MMO or while you're doing these different things that are really monotonous, I mean, it takes the monotony out of it 
And the abomination that is Neverwinter. Uh, yeah, that's why I dropped Neverwinter like a bad habit. I, I got about 20 minutes into Neverwinter and said, mm, nope. I have one character at max level and started post-game. It's not as fun as, as other post-games. Uh, what is there? I mean, is there even a post-game? It seems to me like it's a pretty linear track. Once you hit max level, you pretty much just do the same dungeon over and over and over again until you get this one piece of gear. Then you have to repeat with other dungeons. I uh, did two dungeons and said, no, I'm done with this game. Yeah, I, I think that there's enough... And then I picked up Warframe, which actually, if it weren't for the stupid waiting times in the Foundry, I'd be happier. Unfortunately, those are not things that are going away anytime soon, so you're kind of stuck with them. Yeah, well, with, uh, uh, what is the game called? Tomb Raider Remastered? Is that what it's called? I believe it is Tomb Raider Remastered, yeah. With that out now, I'm going to be playing that a lot. You know what's going to happen here in a, in a little bit is they're going to re-release Masters of Orion, and I will disappear from the face of the earth. I, I will vanish into my little hidey hole, and that's what I'll be playing <laughs> for an extended period of time. You should definitely download that game. Clear some space on your hard drive for it. For uh, Tomb Raider? It's got multiplayer in it. Really? How would you do multiplayer <laughs> in a Tomb Raider game? Well, it's there's a group of survivors, and then there, you have to play the game. Uh, it's one of those things where you just have to be there? You have to play the game to understand what's going on in the multiplayer. Well, I guess that's valid. So, there is actually story in the game, believe it or not. Is it a decent story? Yeah. Is it immersive? I thought so. Well, for you to be complimenting a story, that's impressive. Again, you, you pretty much... The only everything. game I really, truly, 100% enjoyed the story of was The Darkness 1 and 2. And I liked, the, I liked 1 a lot more. What would happen if you were, like, cursed by a, by a gypsy witch doctor that said that you were never allowed to bring those games up ever again? I'd learn how to put curses and put one on that person. <laughs> Simply so that you could talk about that game again? I no, really... I would destroy everything <laughs> they loved. They will no longer know what happiness is. <laughs> that's, that's healthy. <laughs> there will be no mercy. <laughs> Take away the game I love. Feel my wrath. Something to that effect. You would probably do the same thing. I guess that's valid. But, I mean, there's so many games that I'm attached to that it's hard... I mean, it would be hard for them to nail down one that, I mean, truly and deeply wounded me to that level. I think... Oh, man. So, way back in the Sega Genesis days, Sword of Vermilion. Did you ever play that? Uh... Yeah, but I didn't really like it all that much. Oh, for me, man. That was fantastic. That was the ultimate disappear into another world game. And you could do all kinds of crazy stuff and be somebody else for a little while and... And that was fantastic. But again, so clear back to the to the Sega Genesis, I've got games. Um, and even into the Sega Master System with Spellcaster. For those of you who don't know the Sega Master System, it's a console that came out around the same time as the original NES system um, produced by Sega. Very, very cool thing. Had built-in games and everything else. Uh, very cool system. But uh, there were games on that that I, that I absolutely love. So I think that you're... Uh, your obsession with the darkness supersedes and trumps any and all interest that I have in any game. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know. You just don't know? I don't know. 
So, what are you excited for other than Battlefront? That's pretty much it. What about Guitar Hero Live? Mm, I never really was a Guitar Hero fan. You were good at it. I was? You were. I've got videos of you playing Guitar Hero, which are absolutely hilarious because you're like headbanging with the guitar while you play. You, you had a great deal of, of showmanship. Okay, then. You're going to deny that? I don't remember any of that. <laughs> it has been blocked from my psyche. It was all too traumatic. I refuse to accept it as reality. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Does it? I'm thinking that it does. Yeah. You got anything else? Not really. Me either. Well, that was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Are you allowed to have a disappointing podcast? I think you need at least one. Better to get it over with early? There's going to be more. More disappointing podcasts? Well, we may find it disappointing, but the audience is the one who decides if it is. Then we're already screwed, my friend. Are we? I hope not. Only we have to wait and see. (laughs) Well, that's all we can do. So until next time, this is Lathan. And this is Ants. Gear up. Game on.